Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. On a victory Tuesday, Kansas City Chiefs win a gigantic game last night, Monday Night Football versus the Las Vegas Raiders by a final score of 30 to 29. They've improved to 4 and 1 on the season and 2 and 0 in the AFC West, that daunting AFC West that's going to give the Chiefs a lot of trouble this year. Flawless so far. What a game. Um, say something nice about just the overall game. An unbelievable game of football. I thought both sides battled the referees. I thought both sides played really well offensively. I thought both teams, I would say for the entire game, more so the Raiders and the Chiefs, but the Chiefs made enough plays late, followed their offensive game plan to a T and how they wanted to attack this game. I really just thought at the end of the day it was a great football game, and especially if you weren't a Chiefs or a Raiders fan. That's the best Monday night football game, I think, so far this year, without a doubt, in my opinion, um, unless I'm missing one. Maybe we can get Johnny and Blaine's thoughts on it. They join me here today on a Victory Tuesday from a gorgeous uh, Missouri evening. Johnny, we'll start with you, brother. Your quick thoughts of the game before we dive in. How you doing? How you living? Chiefs win. I'm so excited, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a Tuesday, so the Chiefs are on a short week here, but – um, it was an awesome weekend of football. The Chiefs, of course, were the last game of the weekend. And the, the NFL saved, like you said, probably the best for last because that game was awesome. Um, you know, football does crazy things to men emotionally. Uh, it it pinned me versus both of you guys emotionally through text last night. And then, you know what cures all of that? Winning. That was so amazing that they won that game. Down 17 nothing. The comeback kids are still around. And uh, it's just a, an amazing time to be a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. And whenever I think of, you know, all the tough times we had, right now feels just like that much better. We'll get into it more. I've, I've got some of the stats. I'm sure you guys have seen it too. But, you know, the Chiefs, when they're down by 10-plus points, uh, you know, the odds are that they're going to win the game, and we've never seen that in the league before. In fact, they they, they win over 50% of their games when they're down by 10 points or more. So that's <laughs> uh, a great time to be alive and Woo! time to get ready for the Buffalo Bills. Blaine, what's up, brother? Oh, win is it, – it just feels so good, even if it's, you know, in this fashion, down 17 nothing. Just the way that this team, with a lot of new pieces, were able to change their game plan, change the way they did things going into that second half – was awesome. Um, the yeah. receiving core, you know, th they didn't anticipate the Raiders to play press man like they did or play Travis like they did. They had to change things. This offensive or this defensive line didn't anticipate the Raiders to pound the rock like night, like it was 1990. They had to change things and they changed things and believed in themselves and won this football game. And it was a hell of a way to win it and a hell yeah. of a way to watch them win it. Ever since I called out the coaching staff before Tampa, after Indy for not making adjustments. It's two weeks in a row where they have adjusted better than the other team. And would you believe it? Huge victory last night at a very loud Arrowhead Stadium. Let's look at some of these stats real quick. Patrick Mahomes, 29 of 43 for 292 yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked three times. I was talking to somebody I work with today about that. Um, you know, I remember days when we were Chiefs fans where it seemed like Alex Smith, Matt Castle, you name it, were getting just creamed week in, week out, um, under pressure all the time. And now 
three sacks. It really kind of felt like Patrick was under pressure all night last night, but three sacks. If that's our standard, I love that. We, you know, of course we want it to be zero, but look how far we've come since we we've had this mindset. Jarek McKinnon ran the ball well. Blaine made a great point last night. Eight carries for 53 yards. His run where it looked like it was going to be a gain of two to make a third and long, and he ran for 25 yards on the field carrying Jonathan Abram and other Raiders defenders with him. What an unbelievable run. And honestly, a mindset flip, I thought, uh, for the entire team. A couple more stats here. Marquez Valdez-Scantling on his birthday, best game as a Chief. Six catches for 90 yards, couldn't find the end zone, but set us up several different times. And then, of course, Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 25 yards, and four touchdowns. One of the weirdest stat lines and the most impressive stat lines I've ever seen. There's numbers. We're going to get into all of them. Um, uh, Blaine, start with you. Yeah, I loved you bringing up. That's one of my first things I wanted to talk about was McKinnon's production was awesome to see. It seems like running back by committee, obviously, is what they're doing. But somebody had to step up at some point. And who was it? It was Jet. That second and 17. Chiefs are down 17 to nothing. If you don't convert this, it's another three and out. This game was over. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it was gone. And Jet pulls off a 30-yard run down the left hash and – it ignited a little bit of a spark. Then he went for nine. The next one, it ignited a spark. And then they went down to score a touchdown, 17-7. And from that point on, um, you know, the Chiefs, what was it, I think, 24-3 to from that point on, Chiefs. Um, that was huge. It was huge. So yeah. that was my initial gaming, game-changing breaking point. It was great to see the offensive line after a really big week. It looked like they came out and they kind of struggled. Um, I don't know if that's just the talent the Raiders have, or maybe it was with Alec Gretty being in instead of Trey Smith. Whatever it was, they did seem to like kind of regress from where Tampa was. And when I had first turned the, the game on, they kind of seemed like they were getting pushed around. I'd like to let everybody know I had to miss the first quarter, caught the last three or four minutes on the radio on my drive home, had to work. So I, I really started watching from the second quarter on. So really – the way I watched the game last night was probably less painful than Johnny and Blank because they had to endure that first quarter. But even when I got back to my uh, TV, it seemed like their offensive line got pushed around really the entire second quarter, except for the very end, really. And they came out with an attitude in the second half. And, and Mahomes said it in his press conference that he challenged this group. Um, just awesome to see. Johnny, what do you think? Yeah, the quick point on the offensive line, like that's what you want to see, right? Like you're not always going to to win 100% of the time in this league. I'm not talking about, you know, wins and losses, although it, that point is also uh, the same, but like just your individual matchups, right? There's yeah. wins and losses on both sides everywhere. <clears throat> and for this offensive line to adjust in the second half and in the, you know, the part of the game, not, not that starting the game doesn't matter, but like finishing the game is really what matters the most. And when the way they finished the game uh, up front was really encouraging to see, keep in mind, Trey Smith didn't play last night. He picked up a pec injury late in the week. Um, Also battled an ankle injury earlier. It's just, I want Trey to get healthy. Um, And so even if he has to set it against Buffalo, I know that's down the line, but like Nick Allegretti is a serviceable interior offensive lineman backup. Um, But, you know, they're used to Trey in there. Trey is a violent 
uh, run blocker, which has helped the Chiefs get the run game going early on, which they couldn't do yesterday. And I, I made this point in the group chat that it's really as simple as this. <clears throat> and we've and you know we saw this against Tampa, against Indianapolis. If the Chiefs can run the ball effectively early, which we've seen they want to do with Clyde, if they can do that early on, there's no stopping this team. And you can tell the Chiefs are going to win within the first quarter of the game. If they can't do that, which they couldn't do yesterday, then the game kind of it can go either way. Um, the Chiefs can be, become predictable. That's when we've seen their drives stall is when they have to pass um, over and over again. And, uh, yeah, that, you know, my takeaway is that the resiliency of this team is is incredible. And you'd think with Tyreek Hill leaving that that would be a, a, a big issue or a hindrance to this team. You know, if I, if, if I had a question that I would have asked Andy Reid after the game, it would be this. And I wanted to ask this question for a long time. It's obvious when the Chiefs scout players that they're looking for this quality. And I don't know what they would call it but I would just describe it as the ability to rise to the occasion and not shrink. Down 17 nothing on Monday Night Football against the Raiders, it would be really easy for you know mid-20-year-old men uh, to go into a shell, crumble, point fingers, play conservatively, and just you know not be able to rise to the moment. All of these guys can do that, and really it's because they have someone like Patrick to look to. Patrick is when faced with adversity is incredible 12 and nine, uh, including the playoffs when trailing by 10 points, you know, Tom Brady is 39 and 63, right? A lot more games, but when you break it down to percentages, Mahomes is 57% win percentage when down by 10 plus points. It's just you know, Tom Brady's 38%. Patrick's start to his career is just amazing. And uh, without getting too long winded, that's, that's really going to be the focal point of what I talk about today is how impressed I am with. Him. And when you look at games that are this close to me, I've spent all day looking at like the numbers, the comparisons between the two teams, and there are really not that many differences in this game. And it comes down to tweeted this out today. It comes down to those keys to the game that coaches go over and over and over. I mean, total yards, 378 to 368, that's a wash. But when you – I talk about third downs all the time, so important. So the Raiders were 5 of 12, but they also had a fourth down. So they were really 6 of 12 if you look at it that way. Chiefs, 7 of 12 on third down. They win the game by possession. There's an extra possession right there. Chiefs win the penalty battle. Raiders had 11 penalties for 99 yards. That's essentially they gave Patrick Mahomes – or the Chiefs, whatever you want to look at it as, they gave them an entire football field for free, whether that be them losing yards for the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense gained or the Chiefs offense gained while they're on their drive. Chiefs go 5 of 72. Now, that sounds like that's kind of unacceptable, but you win that battle. Red zone, wash. So, like, my point is, is these this Chiefs team is so well coached. Andy Reid has these guys so ready to go on offense that they're not going to waste possessions. And they're seven of twelve on third down. What they start the game zero of three, and then finish the half uh, four of four on third down or whatever, or started like finish the first half and then started the second half four for four. I mean, it's going to be impossible to beat this team that way. Twenty nine first downs, one away from thirty. I mean, that is just time of possession at its finest. 
you, and that's the last key. You win the time of possession battle 31 to 28 uh, in terms of minutes. And that's really just the difference in the game. Um, because give credit where it's due. I really do think that this Raiders team, for being one and four, they're good. I mean, yeah. in terms of being one and four, they are good. Right. Blaine, you want to make a point? Yeah. And I think it's just these smart, there's a lot of smart veterans on this team. And they believe in how good they are. Like a guy like Orlando Brown, he may have had a bad first quarter, actually a horrible first quarter. But you know he was saying things in the locker room or in the huddle, and Pat and him were able to have that conversation. you got to be better because we got to throw the ball down the field because they're playing press, man. you got to be better for us to win this game, step up. And they step up. Smart veterans adjust to what they have to do in order to win those crucial third downs, in order to make those big plays that make a difference in football games in the red zone, like Travis Kelsey or some of these guys do. And that's the difference in the Chiefs and some other organizations in this football team. Yeah. Johnny, you have any final points on the offense? Yeah. Blaine makes a phenomenal point there too. Orlando was getting pushed around again. It was super frustrating. Like, uh, Chandler Jones was incredible early on and he was still a factor later, but not compared to how he was in the first few drives of the game. What I think got Orlando going as well was he was the lead blocker on one of those long McKinnon runs. Like he was way down the field, like leading it. He got a couple of hits, had a successful block. And then it seemed like after that, you didn't really hear Orlando's name. And of course, like that's what you want because they're doing their job. So um, I loved that. Um, yeah, the Chiefs had 103 yards on the ground. Like it just, they got things done and it was McKinnon this time. Like last week it was Clyde and Pacheco. And so um, they did a pretty good job there. Say something nice about a guy who we think stinks. Nicole had a couple of good catches. Blaine Big brought that up in the group text last time. I mean, like on, on some third downs too. Yep. So um, he battled through that heel um, and, you know, to give him the benefit of the doubt, um, I, I had like a heel injury, like when I was in elementary school in baseball and like, I didn't really get it treated the right way, but that shit lasted for like three years. So like, he, he's not like being a pussy or anything like heel injuries, especially for a speed guy like him, uh, definitely would, um, be tough. Last thing I'll say too, is, uh, a fun stat that I saw Travis with the, the four touchdowns and only 25 yards. That yeah. was a air quote record low for uh, yards uh, with four touchdowns. If you were to do the previous low on receiving yards uh, with somebody having four touchdowns, it was Marvin Jones Jr. He had 93. So 93 to 25. Like Travis was just, you know, they were knocking him off the line of scrimmage with Max Crosby a lot, um, trying to disrupt the timing. Um, but in the red zone, he was amazing. Um, and then the, the other stat was the – the, the scrimmage yards. So if you do just do total scrimmage yards low uh, for a four touchdown game, it was Danny Woodhead with 60. So still a lot more than Travis Kelsey there. So uh, look, the chiefs just put the ball in the hands of, of Mahomes and he got the ball to Travis Kelsey. And if you do that, you're going to have a lot of success against anybody. The chiefs have the number one advantage going into every single game, right? Andy Reid, they have the better coach going into every single game. Patrick Mahomes, they have the better quarterback going into every single game. A whole offseason of, well, the Broncos have a new young head coach and Russell Wilson. The the Raiders have a bunch of new weapons, Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. The Chargers have Brandon Staley in year two and Justin Herbert, who's right up there with Mahomes and Josh Allen. 
well, what are we seeing now? The Chiefs are four and one. The Chargers are injured again and not really clicking on all cylinders. Denver is an absolute mess. And Vegas is better than uh, Denver, potentially better than the Chargers, probably playing better football than the Chargers right now, just record aside. Um, but the Raiders are, are one and four. And so it just goes to show you, like, you can talk all you want, um, but Reed and Mahomes are the biggest advantage in football. Yeah, they tried everything against Travis. I mean, hell, they put Cleveland Farrell out single coverage against yeah, the guy was, with a with a corner, stinks with a cornerback behind him um just to try to disrupt and I believe they ended up getting a penalty on that but it didn't matter because that was actually the play I believe McColl hurt his heel on for a, a play um which was a huge third down we declined that penalty but um just an awesome performance and good God that Travis it was like it seemed like it was a 35-yard touchdown, but it was really just an eight-yard touchdown where he caught it on the right side of the formation. Circles all the way back around the left and stumbles into the end zone. He is he, First off, his number will be retired at Arrowhead. Um, I think it just has to be. And he's the best tight end of all time. <laughs> he just is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you can say Gronk um, overall tight end, but, I mean, come on now. The dude's special. He's great. It's just it's it's insane how athletic he is, Blaine. Have you ever seen that in a football game? I don't. I've never seen that in a football game in my life. You what line are you up alluding a, to? Lining up a D end out oh. wide to depress somebody and shake them off to the corner. I mean, that's ridiculous. You now, I've I've never seen it where the where the tight end is split out that far. Right. I right. Mean, he was because like, you know, if you're just a couple of a couple of yards off the tackle, yes. That's pretty I've, normal. I've seen a DN get out there. And I think even the Raiders, like Johnny said, I think Max Crosby even tried to do that last night. But there comes a point where you don't want your DN that far out. We're gonna audible and we're gonna run it off tackle. Yeah, and to that, I mean the, that that just shows the Raiders literally threw everything at the Chiefs, schemed it up completely different than they have all year long, and you still win. So yeah, it just ties it together. There. Let's let's go to the defense, um, and I want to look at it from a from a Vegas perspective first, and I want to ask you guys a question. They um, credit to them big time because Turk Wharton goes down early, and it was obvious that they were going to try and wear and tear on this uh, Chiefs defensive line. And when you look at Josh Jacobs, he has a great day, 21 carries, 154 yards, and a touchdown. For some reason, I'm just not – like, I'm not worried about the Chiefs' run defense. I think that they – I think that the Raiders spent 85% of their time in the I formation. They ran it downhill. They had a fullback. Um, now, if teams start doing that, you know, maybe that's a little cause for concern. But, I mean, I just think, like Blaine said – for the Raiders' defense, the Raiders' offense threw everything at us. I'm not for sure that they've really utilized the fullback that often this year. Um, Josh Jacobs has had one good game, and that was last week against Denver. I mean, he goes for a career day yesterday. So you got to give credit where it's due, and, of course, it needs to be better, and that's, that's, at the end of the day, unacceptable. But I'm just really not worried about this Chiefs' defense, guys. I'm really not in a weird way after five weeks. Um, so I guess I guess my question for you guys, and we'll start with Johnny, is um, how much credit do you give to Vegas' offense, and how much do you put stock into the Chiefs just kind of getting hurt all of a sudden and, and having their backs against the wall? All right, here's how I'm going to answer this. Um, if there are concerns for me on the Chiefs' defensive side, it's just – Right now, it's just pass coverage. Um, they're young, um, but, you know, I, I wish they would get 
more on like the turnover side. Juan almost had a pick last night, Thornhill in the end zone, but the receiver made a good play. I just wish they'd be around the ball a little bit more. There were, of course, some flags that were tricky. Um, I liked seeing Leo Chanel get some run last night. He did miss one tackle on a long Jacobs run. That was frustrating, but just needs some more reps. Keep in mind, you know, Willie Gay's not out there either. It'd be good to get McDuffie back pretty soon as well, hopefully this week. So I'm kind of more with you, Chandler. I'm not um, very concerned about the Chiefs defense. They played well up into this point. In fact, coming into this game, uh, the Chiefs were surrendering the lowest average rushing yards per game in the entire NFL. Um, and Jacobs is a player who's a former first round pick in a contract year. And he is, he's healthy and he was running yeah. really well. I mean, he was running violently last night. There was some, he dropped his shoulder on Justin Reed on one mm. long run and finished the run. Um, and it was ridiculous. Um, but he, Here's the point I'm trying to make. The, any team playing the Chiefs, it's, it is still their Super Bowl. Every time the Raiders play the Chiefs, it's their Super Bowl. You saw the Ra- – that was the Raiders' best stuff last night. The Raiders' best offensive stuff was last night, like, like, like the play calling. Um, you know, there was that long touchdown pass to uh, Devontae Adams on a fourth down, like – the some of these run schemes that they were going with is a lot of their really good stuff. And um, they, they still lost the game. And I think I, this is a young chiefs defense. Frank Clark went out. I just think that Colin, you know, Colin Saunders had a great game called out by Andy Reid. I really want to hear Blaine talk about Colin Saunders because he's been, um, you know, the biggest advocate for him and it's, it looks great. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not very worried about the chiefs defense that, the Chiefs still won the game, and the yeah. I mean the Raiders. The Raiders were pull, pulling out their best stuff. So, Blaine. Yeah, I can't really comment on this until San Francisco. Honestly, like I need to see Trent McDuffie out there because Rashad Fenton just can't be on an island constantly. That's not good for the Kansas no. City Chiefs. He, he's. I, I looked this up. Seventy nine point two percent catch rate allowed. That's mm. horrible, and one hundred twenty seven passer rating against when thrown at. So. That's at the bottom of the league in with cornerbacks in the depth. I mean, it's near like 60 or 80 um, in the NFL of secondary players. So he just has to be better. And I, I'm really hoping that Trent plays next week against the Bills to be able to see what that looks like because that's a weakness right now. Darius Harris able to come in and have some huge snaps, a huge sack, a huge um, tackle for loss, and then forcing also a pressure with Derek Carr. I mean, those are some big plays uh, that he is able to he has been able to make. So once they get everything back, I'll be able to answer that question of how much I truly believe in this team, um, in this defense. But right now, it's serviceable, serviceable to win games. Yep, it's keeping us in games, and that is all that we've really asked of a Patrick Mahomes defense. Because we really haven't had it. It's been Patrick Mahomes keeping us in games, and the defense holding on. I don't even know if they were been really holding on. I mean, if anything, they've been getting dragged behind the boat, and 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 for for I mean, for all four years that he's been our starting quarterback. So it's just good to see a defense that goes out on the field. And like, I I I don't know. I feel like we all feel the kind of the same way. I believe that the defense can do something. I mean, they bent at, at the end of the day. Um. You go for you have a touchdown with Josh Jacobs and you have two touchdowns with Devontae Adams and the rest are field goals. Chiefs defense was out there, bent a lot and did not break, holding them to field goals, which is also huge. Chiefs didn't settle for field goals and scored touchdowns except for one at the end of the half and one late in the uh fourth quarter. 
that's that's a recipe for success right there. That's all the Chiefs defense is asked to do is bend and not break, force the other team to field goals, and they're doing a pretty good damn job of that, in my in my opinion. Johnny, you have a question for the boys? Yeah, so obviously the plan last night uh, was that they were just going to – I mean, they were playing man defense. Like, they were just – they're going to rotate guys. I saw all the guys, uh, Watson, Sneed, Fenton – uh, on Devonte Adams. In fact, on the last play of the game where Devonte Adams collided with uh, Hunter Renfro, Joshua Williams was was in single coverage on Devonte Adams on that play. So, like, my question for you guys is, like, why why was that their approach? Because obviously there was a lot of flags early. Why was the Chiefs' approach to play man coverage on the best receiver in the entire league uh, with a with a you know, a group of guys who are, are very young and inexperienced. Blaine? Yeah, I think they had to because the Raiders lined up and played Big Ten football. You had to load the box. You saw Leo Darius and Nick Bolton in there at the same time playing a three-linebacker set um, and, and loading up that box. That forces you, if you want to still play two high safeties, that doesn't leave very much else out there on the edge numbers-wise. So you either have to play a split zone when somebody plays the flats and somebody kind of goes deep half and – hope the safety helps out or you man up and you probably have better chances manning up whenever the box is loaded. So uh, I, I think could, that's why. Is that why Chandler? I completely agree with what you're saying. And that could be why. And I'll, I'll offer another why I think when, and I've never been a defensive coordinator, but if I was, and I had to identify that Devonte Adams is obviously the Raiders best receiving option. I'm just going to throw bodies at him. I'm going to throw different guys at him, see what works, see what doesn't work. It was it started out as Fenton, and it didn't work. And then besides that one long fourth down pass into the end zone, which, by the way, I mean, give credit where it's due, unreal throw and unreal play. I mean, that's why they brought Devontae Adams there. But it he, he had, like, the loudest – or he had the quietest 124-yard day, really, in my opinion, that I've seen. I mean, I mean Mike Evans kind of last week against Tampa – was kind of the same way. Um, their lead was just insurmountable. Otherwise, we would have heard a lot more about that day. But um, I really like what Blaine said. But I, I think you just kind of have to throw bodies and see what happens against a guy with top two wide receiver talent in this league. So, yeah, it's like it, and it worked. I yes, I mean Devonte had 124 yards and two touchdowns, but it was on three catches. Yeah. So really, for the most part, they did lift. I mean. It was probably I can hear Spags now. Like he was probably saying, like, we're gonna we're gonna see if they can hit these big plays then. Like we're just gonna try to limit him. And if they get us on a couple of big plays, we'll tip our cap and we'll move on. And they they did get him on a couple of plays. But you know, if you look around, like it, it, you know, of course Waller didn't play. Um, he tried to go, but his hamstring was acting up. But if you look at the receiving numbers um elsewhere, like I mean, there's nothing there. Matt Collins, who had a big game this year, didn't have a single catch. Renfro had four for 25. Like, that's that's nothing. And the rest of the catches came – the important catches came from Josh Jacobs or Bolden. So, it's like, you know, they, they scored 29 points. Some of it was on some bullshit that I know we're about to get to. There was some field goals, some deep touchdowns. But, like, I'm pleased with what the defense did last night. I think we all are. Yeah, let's just go over some defensive stats. Uh, Darius Harris led the team in tackles, 10 total. He had eight solo. What a night for the kid. I mean, this guy has played himself onto this roster. 
Um, started with that preseason game against Green Bay. Nick Bolton, nine total tackles, seven solo. Legereus, seven total tackles, five solo. Legereus Sneed, I can't remember exactly what the quote or the, what the tweet was, but he leads the league in like most tackles, uh, sacks, and something else um, in terms of the entire uh, secondary players in the entire league. He's an unbelievable player. Uh, really like what I've been seeing from Legereus. Um and 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 this defense, man, they're just getting confidence week in and week out. You get McDuffie back hopefully this week against Buffalo. Um, it's youthful and it's it's gonna be it's gonna have some holes in it sometimes, but they're athletic and they're willing to come up and hit you. And I think teams are starting to take notice of that. Um, I guess do we wrap up the show with some penalty talk? Or <laughs> what if- yeah, yeah. That was the best play of the, the night, but the second best was Nick Bolton shooting through a cannon on fourth and one to force Derek Carr's face to throw that ball up. That's that was awesome. I wanted to just at least highlight that because I was a that was a phenomenal football play. And it was a delayed, it was delayed. He did not initially come when the ball was was snapped. He got up close to the line. I think he might have had the running back maybe in some sort of man-to-man scheme. But then he was like, oh, this guy is not going out for a pass. I'm going to go sell out. And you're right, dude. He exploded and made Derek Carr throw before he really wanted to and um, ultimately won the game. Let's, uh, Johnny, you have any final points on the defense or are you, you ready to talk about this? You want to talk, were you referring to talking about the penalty? Is that what you wanted yeah. to do? Well, yeah, I mean, as terrible as it was, we have to talk about it. I'll let you start it. But, yeah, I'm I'm good. All I've got is penalty talk and uh, Bill's stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the penalty we're alluding to is the Chris Jones roughing the passer uh, on Derek Carr. And, I mean, really not much has to be said because we've really seen it all day. I mean, I don't think a single human being, um, and that includes Raiders fans and Raiders media, uh, believes that that was a penalty and it's caused an absolute uproar um, and it would have been an uproar in itself had it been the only horrible call that we'd saw all weekend but we can't talk about this without the Grady Jarrett on Tom Brady roughing the passer which at the time I thought was the absolute worst call I had ever seen um, that play in particular Tom Grady Jarrett tackles Tom Brady in a way to where Tom Brady literally is landing on Grady Jarrett. So he's taking literally all of the force from the play, and yet he still called for a penalty. So that in itself was absolute bogus. Now, Chris Jones is tackling him in a much different way. He's chasing Derek Carr from behind. Derek Carr does not see him. He strips the ball from Derek Carr. He has the ball in his possession. He then even goes as far as to put his left hand on the ground to try and brace as much as possible, and yet is still flat for a 15-yard call. And um, the result is is the NFL coming out today and saying that they're going to look into it, and they really don't have any choice anymore. Um, what an egregiously bad call, and and a call that I've never seen – I've never seen call. It, it it put it made football look really bad last night. Um, because that was it's just soft. I, I don't I don't understand it. I get player protection, I get all of that, but man, um we're lucky that it didn't hurt us, but in a way it did because the Raiders got three out of that. 
if if they don't get that three, we're down one score at halftime if we get our three. And presumably, we have more time with the ball at the end of the half. And we could have gotten seven. We could have been down three at the half had this call not been made. Just a terrible, egregious call. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. Let's honest, let's start with Blaine here. Blaine, your thoughts? <laughs> it's the worst call I've ever seen. But I, I know Johnny has a lot to say on just how this really, like, affects football. Like, it's it's horrible. But the the take is obviously that that was kind of popular that I love was just Kansas City – unleashed what the entire United States was feeling that night by booing for 20 minutes straight. And it was sensational. I mean, I want to give, it made me so proud to be a Kansas city chief and in the arrowhead aura of what it's built up as it just got stronger as if it possibly could. And that was really cool. But the, the way they responded, it wasn't knowing the locker room. I was, I was uh, hearing about the guys in the post game. It wasn't like somebody in the locker room was pissed, like "fuck that ref," all this. Shit. It was. Just, it was no. It was composed, veteran. We know what just happened. You get pissed off internally and go win a football game. Chris responded really well. He yeah, learned he from Indianapolis, and that's that was kind of my side takeaway, rather than the horrible call. Yeah, before Johnny goes, that's a great point, Blaine. I think Chris has learned because he seems to be ramping up his intensity and then turning right around and doing it again. Um, and in his in, and I love Chris Jones. He's been a staple of this run um, that the Chiefs have been able to go on these last couple of years. But he has been notorious about taking plays off. Um, and I'm not seeing that right now after that Indianapolis debacle. Johnny, give us give it to us, brother. You, you were hot <laughs> last night. Um, it, it, and rightfully so. Um, worried about the state of the football uh, as the sport itself. Johnny, your time. Part of the reason that we love football is um, because of the violent aspect. I mean, it really is. And we are now debating – we didn't do this since like the last year or two. We're now debating with this in mind – that the players should not be putting their entire body weight on the quarterback. Like that, that's a new thing and we've already accepted it. Right. So like you're not seeing people throw guys to the ground or, or, or spear them into the ground. Um, And to think that that even applied, you know, the referee, even the referee was like doubling down after the game that he got the call, right? Like if, if the referee did get the call, right, then the, the rule is wrong. Chris Jones did everything that you would have asked of him on that play correctly. Let's start the play at the very beginning. Chris Jones is a three technique. He's a defensive tackle. He's lined up as like a seven or an, or a nine tech. Like he's lined up like Bosa way off of the, the right shoulder of the right tackle. Um, he beats him with ease, turns the corner. Keep in mind, this guy's like six, six, 325 pounds turns the corner, gets to the ball first, makes an amazing play on the ball, recovers the ball, and then falls on Derek Carr. And while doing that, has the presence of mind to stick out his left arm and brace his fall so he doesn't put all of his weight on Derek Carr. And all of that that I just described happened in about six seconds. And you're going to throw a flag on that guy? Like, then then, then it needs to be corrected. And um, the NFL usually – 
what sucks is it takes stuff like this for them to really act. Um, but I think they have no, no choice, but to act. Uh, one of the, one of the things I said last night to you guys was, you know, whenever there's a ball that's passed, <clears throat> if the ball's passed and are tipped in the air, the, the, the defensive players can go spear the pass catchers and get them out of the way. It's, it's live. You know, if that ball's out of Derek Carr's hand, like I'm not, you know, what, why is the rule not that you can just go crazy? Why does Derek Carr get this protection as a defenseless player? The ball's out. Like you don't, you should not get that protection. I think I'm really preaching to the choir here. Like you guys set this up. Like I was going to go fucking nuclear, but like I, everyone did like it, it's pathetic and it's not what our, it's not our game. It's not what we love. And there's nobody like even Raiders fans were like, okay, that's terrible. And the Raiders players knew it was terrible. You could just tell like the Raiders just lost their, their, their spark for a second. And, uh, it's just a damn shame that it came to that point. I've never seen Andy Reid that hot about a call, and there's just nothing you can do, and uh, it needs to get corrected because that was an amazing play by Chris Jones. Like, guys, even Cowherd. Cowherd today said that that is the worst call he's ever seen. And, yes, he says some outrageous stuff, but he doesn't say stuff like that. that is, that's probably the worst call ever, um, worse than Grady Jarrett's. Yeah, but at the end of the day, boys – Good teams find ways to win, um, and the Chiefs did that. Awesome to see. That's a huge momentum builder. That's a team bonding win right there. Brings the guys closer. Um, even being at home, it was kind of all of a sudden like a us versus the world type of mentality, and the Chiefs executed that to perfection. Johnny, in closing, you have some Bill stuff. Now, mind you, listeners and boys, we're back tomorrow to record the, for the Thursday show. Uh, NFL Week Six, Chiefs Bills. It's gonna be epic, Johnny. Some closing notes, maybe. It's literally just one note, and here's the reason I wanted to say it is just in case there's a huge change on the line. Chiefs are currently plus three. Um, it's the first time ever that Mahomes has been a home dog, and Mahomes is seven zero and one against the spread in his career as a dog. So Mahomes has never lost you money if you have bet on him as a as a dog, and they're being given three points here. Um, just something to keep in mind. Uh, and there, if you wanted to go on money line, uh, you can get him at one thirty right now. So just in case, before we talk to you all tomorrow, um, if anything were to change, uh, you can get the Chiefs as a dog right now. I live bet the Chiefs last last night at plus five and a half it, when they were down seventeen nothing. Like if the Chiefs are a dog, put money on there. Blaine, do you have any closing thoughts? I had two guys, two pertainly big Chiefs fans in the office, fold over to the Bills fan in our office today. If that's you out there in Kansas City tonight, figure it out and change your mindset because you saw it last week. You're going to see it next. This team isn't folding over, and you don't fold over as a fan. Figure it out. Let's talk Bills tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Chiefs. 30 Raiders 29 to move to four and one on the season. Awesome recap episode. Cannot wait for tomorrow night, boys. It should be electric. NFL week six, right around the corner, starts Thursday night with who's Thursday night, guys? Commanders Bears. Oh. <laughs>
Well, we might have to put the uh, preemptive stinky tag on that before we before we record. So awesome show, boys. Johnny Blaine, as always, I appreciate you guys joining me. Back tomorrow night for another episode. Can't wait, boys. Talk to you later, okay? See you.